You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Bolliam. For more than 70 million workers in the U.S., the opportunity for upward economic mobility is being impeded by a fancy piece of paper, otherwise known as a bachelor's degree. And at a time when many businesses are clamoring to acquire top talent, workers who are skilled through alternative routes, or STARS, are being outright ignored for higher wage jobs. Indeed, you would think two people with equal talent should have equal access to opportunity. Well, think again. The mighty college degree often serves as the tiebreaker when there's a match of skills and experience. The so-called paper ceiling disproportionately affects 66% of rural workers, 61% of veterans, 61% of blacks, and 55% of Hispanics. Over the past 40 years, the wage gap between stars and workers with a bachelor's degree has doubled. In 2022, to help workers who are skilled through alternative routes break through the invisible barrier that comes at every turn, the Ad Council and Opportunity at Work launched the Tear the Paper Ceiling Campaign. Supported by numerous national organizations, the integrated campaign calls on businesses and decision makers to remove the obstacles blocking 50% of workers in the U.S. from landing high-paying jobs. To discuss this campaign and the issues at hand, I am joined by Kenny Wynn, CEO and co-founder of 368, a strategic, creative, and technology agency that designed and built TearThePaperCeiling.org, the award-winning website for the campaign. The website features the voices and stories of real stars in various industries and provides resources and tools for employers to get started with skills-based hiring practices in their organization. Kenny, welcome to the podcast. Man, Ken, thank you. And I got to say, as you were reading about all those stats, like I was like gripping my fist down here because, <laughs> oh, man, what a problem we have in our hands. No doubt. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's interesting, Kenny. You don't hide the fact that you were a college dropout yourself, though you would certainly not know it given the success that you've had over the over the years. But talk about some of the challenges that you had to overcome to sort of break through that paper ceiling. Yeah. I mean, I only, though, can honestly have been more open about me not having a college degree in the last two or three years, though, because it's such a shame, especially in the Asian community, such a shame to not have a degree. I mean, you know, imagine immigrant parents coming here. The American dream is for your kids to go to college, have that white picket fence, have all the riches, and like build something incredible, right? For you to not have a college degree, I felt like when I first told my family that, they felt like I was going to be homeless. Hmm. And, you know, to me, they were thinking like not having a degree means you have no economic opportunity in front of you. I think the last two years, it's because of opportunity at work talking about like the importance of owning your whole self and owning that you have alternative skill routes that can actually make you very much qualified for a job. Made me kind of turn that shame into gain. And that's kind of been my internal renaissance for myself is – Maybe what I have here, I might not have this degree, but maybe I didn't need that. All I needed was me. And that that has been such a transformational front. And I meet so many CMOs today that don't have degrees that have come to me saying that this has been so impactful for my life. When I ask them to talk about the campaign and spread out about it, only about a quarter of them are open to it. The rest are like, oh, there's no way I can do that. 
And I'm like, we, the jo- job's not done yet. <laughs> what got you over that hurdle, Kenny, to, to finally come out and, and you know, let people know your background? Seeing other people that don't have degrees that I really respect. Like we have a local congressman here. We have multiple uh, very wealthy entrepreneurs in our community that don't have degrees that have been very open with their story. And I started thinking to myself, like, I never hear really once about them saying that their degree is the reason why they're here. It's the people that they've met and the people that have lifted them up. And it's like, just because I didn't go to or didn't finish LSU, I still have plenty of relationships. I still made my plenty of relationships outside of LSU. And I just thought to myself, it's the strength of your networks and your relationships that can really lift you up. And instead of like just blocking it off from my head, I started looking up, looking out for all the people I've admired that don't have a degree and started listening to them. And never once did I really hear them say, it's because I got this degree is why I'm successful. Well, obviously you're an advocate for these workers skilled through alternative routes, as I mentioned, called STARS. And you're, you serve as a council member for Opportunity at Work. So what is your message to the youngest of these workers who are staring at an uncertain future? That's a hard one, Ken, because, I mean, just yesterday, I got a LinkedIn message from someone saying, who's very qualified for many, like, VP of marketing jobs, saying, I want to switch, but I'm getting blocked by these degree hiring algorithms right now that won't even accept me in because I don't have a degree. And I'm thinking, man, if someone at your level is getting hit by that, that's pretty tough. And I know that's a grim first off picture, but that's the reality right now. It's like the, these hiring algorithms are screening very qualified candidates out. But that being said, though, there these younger folks that are coming into the workforce thinking college isn't for them. I do have some semblance of hope for you. If, they, if you go to tearthepaperceiling.org, you can see there's a lot of companies like Google, IBM, Walmart. There's a lot of companies out there that are actually saying, we realize that we need the best talent all around, and we're ignoring a whole entire sector of talent if we're not looking at those classified as stars. So there are programs out there like General Assembly that can give you the knowledge that you're looking for to get to get the skills that you're looking for. So don't feel like college is your only path. Companies out there are now being very open to pathways that are alternative to just a degree. So go for it, and I promise you that you'll end up somewhere very interesting and the companies that do accept you, that do accept stars, tend to be the ones that are very much on the movement of, it's not just enough about hiring stars, but about developing stars. So I think right now, you want to be on that tipping point. Like now's the time to not be feeling like you're forced to go to college. Back then, yes, but now there's enough momentum in this movement behind here, Ken, that I believe that people do have an opportune time to relook at how they can get into the workforce without a degree. Right, but that's got to be difficult to make that decision given the stigma around not having yeah. a degree. I, I think the some of the hard things that people don't talk about enough is like the hiring algorithm, right? Everyone talks about the hiring algorithm and tear the paper ceiling, but not enough people talk about what about the the networks that you would get from a college normally? Because colleges want you to get a job, right? Makes them look great. It's like they provide you the networks here. Like stars don't have networks. They get screened out. They might not have the relationships. They might not have the knowledge of like what's out there because they don't have that kind of infrastructure to kind of catch them. I mean, it, it is a hard jump, but I find that these kind of jumps here typically happen when you see someone like when you see someone else that have made the jump. Like if that's any anything I can give advice to a star is like find another star mentor. Like we have multiple stars at 368 that you know grew with us. I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have star mentors that can show me the path forward. And so I recommend if it's scary, 
talk to other stars, people that don't have degrees that have found success. You'll find that those people are more open to talk about those stories because they want to rehash their own pain. They want to be able to inspire others. Go to other folks that have walked that walk and walked that journey. So th- this is what I don't understand or frustrated by is the fact that many businesses are looking to attract that good talent uh, across industries. Why is so much emphasis being placed on workers who have a bachelor's degree? I think it's validation. Validation that you put in these four hard years of school and you might come from a great school that you want the company to look great with. You come with these networks as well. I mean, it's also that I think there's just a stigma or the understanding of like, if you have a degree, you're good. We've always been told like that's the general entry point into a company. And so you just aren't intentional about your talent strategy at that point. And that's the thing is like, we all need talent here. We cannot tap into talent, like true talent that can help our organization grow. And we're looking at the whole playing field. I believe that you're actually paying to not hire great talent when you're paying these hiring algorithms to screen out stars. Why are you paying money to screen out great talent that can be part of your company? Instead, what you should do is intentionally look at your talent strategy and ask yourself, am I really looking at the whole entire board here? I mean, of course, there's some degrees that are required for some jobs, but for jobs in like marketing in our industry, I mean, very rarely like do I find like you have to have a degree to like, succeed in this industry. So for those companies, Kenny, that are hiring stars, are they making a big to do about it or is there still work to do? There's so much work to do, man, because there's only one. So tearing the paper ceiling is about the advocacy. But you also have to remember there's the other side of it, which is what about the folks, when stars that come into the organization that don't have the training, that don't have the skills completely developed yet, but you're taking a bet on them. You can't just hire them and let them run. you got to develop them. you got to invest in them. And so it's not enough just to hire them, but you have to inspire them and you have to grow them. It's that hire, inspire, perspire, right? You have to put in the hard work to grow. And we got a long way to go. You mentioned earlier, Kenny, that those automated tracking systems used to screen resumes have had a negative impact on stars. What else do you feel is sort of getting in their way? I think the other half of getting in the way is this. When it comes to the stars is that the imposter syndrome is like crazy. They feel like they're not worthy of applying. They feel like they're not worthy of this opportunity because they might not have this degree requirement. And so I think it's important for stars to have other stars to inspire them so they can go for the jobs that they know they're that they can work at. So it, the problem is here, just because you removed the degree requirement doesn't mean that the star is going to apply, right? The star has to realize in their minds that they have the skill set to apply and get through. So it's like a two-way street. The employer has to not only remove the degree requirement, but they have to actually show that they encourage stars to apply. They have to make the environment feel like, cool, these stars here are very much welcome to our organization and we're going to help them grow. We have organizations like Guild, for example, working with us. They're helping train our people. But then you have to look at the other side of the star is that they have to be able to receive the message and receive the message saying that, okay, I'm not going to get – this is not just a marketing campaign and I'm not going to get judged by coming in here and saying I don't have a degree, but I can still prove to them that I have the skills. So that's a two-way street there, Ken, It's that stars have to feel confident in applying and then employers on the other side – have to not only agree the degree hiring algorithm, apart from the algorithm, they also have to share their point of view on why stars should apply. That's when the magic happens. But the other things that don't happen here is that, you know, you might just lose the, the hiring algorithm, but you still have to talk about the network effect. 
the network effect is real when it comes to stars is that typically when stars come in, they don't have that fancy network that leads them into jobs or like tells them about the opportunities out there. And it's important for stars to really get themselves out there and go to places that are watering holes for opportunities. Those watering holes can be conferences. Those watering holes can be like round tables where you can learn from other people. It's really like look for the folks or the organizations that are door openers to opportunities. I just if you could just elaborate a little bit about just having that confidence, it seems like that's just critical to securing a high wage job. I mean, the thing is, like, you have to you have to see it to believe it, right? Like, what you see, you believe you can be. And for stars, I think it's so important for stars to like see other stars out there that are shining because there's different like so opportunity work classifies that there are like shining stars, there are rising stars. There's another like group of stars here. Like we all want stars to like keep growing, right? It's not just important to get them a job. We want them to get to high wage jobs, right? Like that's the thing that people are asking about is like, so we just want to get stars into jobs. Right? I'm like, no, 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 that's not enough. Like you want stars that have great skill sets and great potential to rise up to rising stars than shining stars, people that have highway jobs. That's when you know that the system is working for them is that everyone has equal opportunity. So for me, I think confidence is part of it. And it's important is that that confidence has to not just take you from, I got the job, but I can get the next job. I can get the next job and the job after that. That's why like, it's so important for stars to feel seen and to have the confidence of this is not just my potential. I can go beyond, beyond, and beyond, and beyond. And it's the company's job to help stoke and nurture that potential as well. Hello, Beyond Profit listener. This podcast is just one of the many resources offered through the award-winning a Center for Brand Purpose. There, you will also find a social purpose assessment tool to see how deeply purpose is ingrained in your organization as well as a series of playbooks, articles, podcasts, videos, and more. Become a more knowledgeable and purposeful marketer by visiting ana.net slash purpose-driven. That's ana.net slash purpose-driven. And now, back to the show. I am speaking today with Kenny Wynn, CEO and co-founder of 368. Kenny, as I said at the top, your agency uh, built and designed the website for um, the Tear the Paper Ceiling campaign. What was involved in that process and how uh, are you bringing that campaign to life? Uh, so Ogilvy and Ad Council and Tear the Paper Ceiling uh, or Ad Council Opportunity at Work and Ogilvy like worked on the campaign, but they came to us on the Stars Advisory Council about like what would be something interesting here that would really reach out. But we don't want to alienate the employers. We don't want to alienate the stars as well. They're not the problem. They are, they are part of the solution. And this, what we saw as a council and a group was, what if you had a common enemy? And so the paper ceiling is the common enemy, right? When it translates to the website, though, what's important to remember on the website is that when people come to the website for the first time, like you have to think about the human behind the website. If you're a star, you might feel like this might be really intimidating for you. You might feel a little bit seen, but at the same time, you're now feeling like I have to now wrestle with the fact that I don't have a degree and I might have to openly talk about it. How can you make people feel comfortable with that kind of mindset? What's the CX and the UX behind that? What's the human experience behind that? So when you first go to the website, you'll see that there's a pledge here. There's where it makes you feel like you're not alone. Like that's the first thing you want to feel like when you're a star is that, oh, there's a lot of other folks around 
here that are like me. It's that confidence, right, Ken, that we talked earlier. Is that, man, I'm confident that I'm not alone. And I'm confident that there are other people that have walked the path in front of me. Like that gives me confidence in myself. Then when you enter the website, what we had to really do was to make sure we laid it out where we could tell the stories appropriately to influence other stars, but also help employers like join the movement as well. Join the pledge on tearing the paper ceiling. And so when you go to the website, what you'll see here is that you'll see that pledge front and center. Come join this movement, right? It's a movement. It's important to get signatures. But on top of that, you get to see resources. I find that if it's a movement where like, let's stop this, but you have nowhere else to go, you don't know where the momentum is going to take place to take that next step. You kind of stall all that energy flat. You want to keep that energy going. So on the website, you'll see like there are different portals and there are different like resources for you to learn more as an employer to join or like to work with organizations that can help you develop talent. If you're stars, there's a bunch of different stories on there. Like Justin Hutchinson, our head of business development, he's in the campaign himself crazy enough. And his story is on the website as well. You can see folks of multiple different backgrounds, ethnicity, ethnicities, demographics that have found their own success. So when you go there, you feel pride of, you know, you can see it, you can be it. It's like you can see multiple folks from all different walks of life that made it to inspire you and makes you go either as employer, I want to, I want to be the platform to create more of those stories. Or as a star, you want to be that person to say, I can be that as well. And the website's being frequently updated because it is something that's living and breathing. You just don't want to like finish it and release it to the world. It's always getting updated with more resources because this is a movement and the movement has momentum. So when you go to the website, I recommend anyone to check it out, tearthepaperceiling.org, because I want you to see the language that we're using. But I also want you to see like, you know, when you say 70 million, Ken, you know, that's a half of the workforce. There's 140 million people in the workforce. You know, that's already half of the workforce that's being like, by this, I also want you to realize like how much power you can actually have in tearing that paper ceiling as if you're a leader. That's terrific. And those stories that you referenced are really powerful. And yes, I would encourage people to to check that out. Did did you have some of the stars that you hired work on this campaign? Yeah. So Justin, actually, it was pretty cool. Justin uh, was on the front lines of making sure that we, you know, we got the opportunity, but also like worked as well with like kind of like saying like this is the SARS perspective uh, because we want to make sure and I also actually contribute as well because I want to make sure the site that we were creating actually felt real for stars as well like they knew a company that had stars in it like worked on the project because if everyone here didn't go through those kind of human experiences that you would feel as a star I feel like it would be disingenuous and so I could look people in the eyes and say people that were stars did work on this project. So you referenced a couple of minutes ago the fact that uh, there are tools and playbooks for skill building, et cetera. Has that made a big, big difference in in this uh, this campaign? Yeah, no doubt, because people don't know where to go, right? It's like you get so revved up. You're like, where do I go next? You know, folks like General Assembly have been really helped skill up. Gil, like that, you have to have those resources around you. Opportunity at work, tear the paper ceiling is the advocacy, but you need those partners with you that can help develop what you what you have like you know skyhive is another partner here that with tear the paper ceiling where they use ai to help folks like find that next opportunity like help employers use ai to help chart pathways for employees as well so my friend allison over there you know recently came but we recently had a, a conference actually in our town the future of talent uh, done by us and the assembly required and 
we learned that it's so important to not just have the advocacy behind the movement. You have to have the immediate next step for people to go to because it's very easy to have that fear set in and get you to pull back when it comes to this because people associate not having a degree with their identity a lot. And when your identity is being in question and when you're about to change your identity, that's when your life is very much in flux, right? So we have to make sure that when you go to a website like this, you know where to go pretty quickly. Because if you feel like you're scared or you don't know where to go next, you might just pull out and you disengage. And we just lost a star maybe forever. We don't want that to happen. We want folks to feel like they're confident where to go next. And that's the scary point. part of this, man, is that you always have to keep updating it because you have to you have to make sure stars feel comfortable in the next step of where they need to go to. And so can employers as well. It's all about momentum and movement with this. So the movement, as you, as you mentioned, uh, is being propelled by uh, respected companies and philanthropies yeah. and workforce development yeah. organizations, et cetera. What does that say about the importance of this campaign succeeding? It'd be foolish to not be behind this campaign because, I mean, if you look at like the people behind it, like Accenture, Strata, Google, I mean, you have like some of the biggest companies in the world here behind this because I think they, they realize like they're all in talent wars and they, everyone wants the best talent, right? And so for them, like there's obviously like a financial benefit, right? Is that they can get the best talent and they can get talent that other people aren't looking at. I think it says a lot that the biggest companies in the world here behind this is because they realize that in order to succeed, in order to tap into their potential, they have to tap into the people that works that want to work for them, their potential. And usually and sometimes those people don't have degrees. So I think it sends a strong message to the little guys like us is that if they're able to do it, why can't we? Why can't we also play a part in this talent revolution? And that's what I'm excited about with this campaign here. It's not just about the big guys, it's about the little guys that are saying, like, we can be part of this movement as well. Byron, um, the CEO of uh, Opportunity Work, always says, if you don't have a star strategy, you don't have a talent strategy. And I believe that every company, no matter how big you are, should have a talent strategy. So beyond awareness building, Kenny, what's next for the campaign? What's your goal? My personal goal is to remove the degree requirements for public jobs in the state of Louisiana. 15 states have already done so. I joke all the time is that, you know, I'm okay with not being the first, but I'm also definitely not okay with being the last. So I definitely want Louisiana to be part of that. So right now, I I believe uh, we're asking the governor to consider this is that, you know, how can we remove the degree requirements from public jobs? Like, let's just start with that. There's a million folks in Louisiana that don't have college degrees. But with opportunity work, their research said there are 600,000 folks that are currently being held back right now because they're in jobs right now, being held back to higher wage jobs because of this degree requirement. And so for me personally, I want to see my home state remove the degree requirements. A million people can be impacted just by saying like, hey, let's just start off with removing the degree requirements from public jobs and then it'll have that cascading effect. Nationally though, I know that we would want um, all the states to remove their degree requirements. Now, imagine what could happen um, when all the states remove their public degree requirements, like Colorado, Maryland. You know, you see like Florida removing their degree requirements, like one of the first in the South. Like, imagine the possibilities of people that can have opportunities just from that. One of your next big endeavors is called Assembly Required, where you're looking yeah. to create a vibrant, creative economy. I believe in Louisiana. Um, yeah. You know, so I'd love to just hear more about that whole project. Yeah, that project came out as really a love letter for our city and our state from 360. It's a nonprofit now 
But we realized that when you go, have you ever been to the same networking events, Ken, over and over, it's the same people over and over again? You oh, know yeah. what I'm talking about. I think that's not where innovation starts. I think innovation starts when your perspectives are challenged and folks that don't normally don't get together with different perspectives, like that's where the creative collisions happen. And in our state, I realized that we're last in a lot of things and in order to really change, you have to challenge your perspective. And so what we realized that we had to do was we had to be, we had to build the room in the environment where different communities that normally don't get together, get together so that their perspectives are challenged and that's where innovation happens. And so we've been doing this event series for the last four years. We took a little break during COVID, but we came back this year. Our next one is how to build an common brand happening on September 21st. Funny enough, right before this podcast, we actually sold out a month beforehand. So we're very grateful that the community supports. But the reason why we do that is that we believe that we have a lot of problems that we need to solve in Louisiana. We believe that we've been trying to solve them the same ways over and over and over again. And the right way to solve them is to create different rooms where folks that should be meeting that normally don't meet get together. I mean, from our last, just our last conference, The Future of Talent, there's an LPB, Louisiana Public Broadcasting story right now that's like floating around on tearing the paper ceiling that's influenced SHRM, the greater, like the Society of Human Resource Management, like influencing them to, to include this in one of their top priorities for the following year. They're the ones that are crucial partners for companies to actually train and hire stars, right? So that's the kind of movements that we're trying to start. Be the room where sh- where stuff happens. I almost said the other word, where stuff happens. If you can be the room that create that kind of environment, I think that's where innovation can stoke and go forth from. And so we want to be the creative collision center for folks. And I think we're doing it. Do you believe marketing and advertising industry has a creativity problem? Yeah, I do. I'll tell you why here is that Technology, I do think like with AI, people lean on. So there's two arguments to this, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you which side of them on. One is AI is going to make us less creative, right? Because you can just create the things that you're thinking of like instantly. You lose that process, that pain developing the, the end product that you see. I believe with AI, it can help us become more creative. We can focus more time on not just doing, but imagining. Like I lean more on that side of stuff, of things. I do worry though. I'll say this. I read this article on HBR the other day is that humans won't get replaced by AI. Humans will get replaced by humans that understand AI. And I think that's like where I lie on technology is that anyone that's a creative like needs to be looking at AI, but not for the fact of like, oh, it's going to replace my job. It can augment my job and it can make myself spend more time being creative in the first place. I always did think that creativity um, it's making things that normally don't go together, like actually come together. It's make, making juxtapositions like work. I feel like right now with the state of creativity that we have in the industry, I f- would feel more hopeful if we could have more folks that aren't part of the advertising, that didn't grow up in advertising, join us. Like our chief growth officer, Adrian Owen-Jones, on our team came from fundraising, and she's doing a crazy good job over at 368 leading our team. And she came to me, and like when I we were recruiting her, she was like, I don't have like typical marketing and like advertising, like pedigree experience. I didn't come from the big agencies, but I told her, you know how to grow people though. And I think you grow people, you can grow the company. Um, and I think that's the kind of mindset I want to see more out of the creativity and like advertising marketing industry. It's like, we have to be looking for talent in pockets that we don't expect because when we start doing that, we stop rehashing the same people going to the same agencies, right? We start getting new blood, into our companies. We start getting new perspectives into our company and we have 
And that's where I think the magic starts happening is when folks here that aren't painted or that have only seen agencies, right, Ken, that have only seen marketing, when they can take that kind of perspective and join our industry, our industry will get better. So I'm, that's where I'm hopeful for is like the companies are hiring stars. They are hiring folks that are outside this in industry and are welcoming them in. Those are the folks that are going to make creativity. The best days are ahead of it for our industry. I love your enthusiasm, Kenny. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, and I, I certainly appreciate all the work that you've done with the Tear of the Paper Ceiling campaign and, and certainly all the success that you're having uh, at your organization. So thank you for joining me on Beyond Profit Podcast. Thank you, Ken. We got jobs not done, but we're on it. To learn more about 368 and the Tear of the Paper Ceiling campaign, please visit 368.com. That's 368.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.